being strong to me means there's two different things. When you have powerful words or when you can lift very heavy things. Do you ever feel like you are the only one living a life that is too hard to handle? Welcome to the In Raw Life podcast, where we're going to talk about real life in its raw form. Each week, we'll dive into the stuff that nobody really likes to talk about because it's uncomfortable, painful, a little awkward, or just weird. We want to normalize all of that and help you realize that you can live out your dream even in life's messiness. I'm Sierra. And I'm Jessica. And we're living our dream lives in real life, in raw life. Welcome back to the In Raw Life podcast. We're super excited to have you on an episode that we, both Jessica and I, feel is super important because we are exploring the Enneagram even deeper than we've ever gone before. Today, ladies and gentlemen, and mostly (laughs) ladies, we have an Enneagram specialist. Her name is Jen. She's fantastic from the little bit that I've got to know her so far, and I think you're going to love her. But before we get to her, we just want to remind you to rate, review, subscribe to our podcast so we can help the podcast grow on all of the podcast platforms. We could use your reviews and ratings. And then you can also share us and follow us over on Instagram at inrawlife.co. You will find lots of similar encouragement and excitement and so much more that you can share with your friends. You can share the podcast in your stories. You can follow us on Facebook and join our Facebook group, Empowered Unstoppable Women. And we would love to connect with you more and talk with you and hear about what's going on with you. So Jen, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Woohoo! So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this Enneagram craziness. Oh, well, it's a, it's a long and twisted tale. Um, <laughs> the short Spark Notes version is I actually was introduced to the Enneagram in college. I was in an emerging leaders program and we had been working through the Myers-Briggs and doing all of that work. And one of the other leaders in the school had said, have you ever looked at the Enneagram and gave us this like if you are old enough to remember what mimeographed sheets are, they're like the sad purple thing before Xerox. And like it was this Xerox copy of a mimeographed machine. It was in a grid. There were these big, ugly words. I'm 18. I'm like, over here, it says I'm fun and like to be with people. So I'm going to hang out with Myers-Briggs and just ignored <laughs> the Enneagram for 20 years. Um, and then taught Myers-Briggs and taught the Strengths Finders. And as um, I was an educator, and then became a faculty leader and an administrator and um, loved working with people in that way. And then I had a change of leadership that really, um, well, destroyed a culture. (laughs) And it destroyed me in many, many ways. And at that time, I rediscovered the Enneagram. I was introduced to the Enneagram again and was like, oh, 
okay, this is why this is upsetting to me. There were all kinds of red flags. There were, there was a whole, I mean, there was all kinds of stuff that was just flat out wrong. But for me understanding, oh, this is why it matters to me. Like, this is why this is hard for me. This is what my issues are in this. And here's how I can become a better version of myself, become back to who I really am. And oh, that's still not enough. That means I can't stay here. Like the, it helped me see that even when I was working and being healthy, that the situation and environment I was in wasn't healthy. Mm. And that became very clear because for a while it was like, is this me? Is this it? What's going on? You know, (laughs) all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, so that's how I rediscovered the Enneagram and then just kind of way down Alice and the rabbit hole and all of the things and then decided, oh my gosh, this is so helpful. And I had switched careers by that point and decided, or not decided, but was learning how much I was using the Enneagram in my work in conflict resolution as a speaker and as a coach. And I was like, I just need to do this. And so I got certified as a coach because I was using it so much. I wanted to learn more and more. And um, that is the short version of how I discovered the Enneagram. <laughs> that is I love it. So cool. Yeah. The, the way that I learned Enneagram was because I was super into Myers-Briggs and I said to Sierra, hey, take this test. Like, let's delve into it together. She's like, no, I've got something better. <laughs> and then we've both been obsessed ever since. Yeah. I was like, I like to describe Myers-Briggs as like the, you do this, this, and this amazing. And you are just amazing. And Enneagram is like, Oh, you actually have some stuff going on, and let's explore that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always like to think of the Enneagram and all of these personality development tools, the Colby, the DISC, all of them, they all show us something different. But mm-hmm. all the others mm-hmm. really show us what and how we do what we do. Like, here's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Here's how you mm-hmm. do yeah. it. Here's what you like. Here's what you're really good at. Here's how you make decisions. Here's how you get information. It's all about how and what. And the Enneagram is like, oh, here's why. I'm going to dig down a little bit and I'm going to show you what's the (laughs) bottom of that iceberg about why you're doing what you're doing. And some of those drivers behind your behaviors, hey, they're not super helpful. Um, And and we need to kind of cope with those. And and we learn the most about ourselves when we're willing to look at the parts of ourselves we don't like. And Mm -hmm. we're not super into that in our culture. We're like, here's what your fellow said. Here's what we do. You know, and but gosh, when we start to look at the parts of ourselves we don't really like, then we're, oh, here's how I can grow and change. There becomes an option to deal with it rather than like, that's not there. I'm going to push that right on under the rug. (laughs) Yes. That was a perfect explanation because it's, I know so much about the Enneagram. I've done so much research on it and I, I know it's so helpful for me, but it's so hard to say to other people when they're like, oh yeah, but I like this personality test or I don't believe in personality tests. It's like, but you don't get it. And I don't know how to put it into words to get you to get it. Yeah. What do you tell people that like say stuff like, oh, well, I don't want to be put in a box. Mm -hmm. Do you ever get that? Oh, all the time. And and sometimes (laughs) I'm not sending my pearls before swine. But for people who have a little bit of openness about it, um, Uh I often ask, well, why don't you want to be put in a box? And that really throws them. They're like... (laughs) I was here for an argument and now you've just 
<laughs> opened up a different door. Um, I so love that. that's one of the questions I tend to ask. And, and so in a questioning way, I get to the point of the Enneagram doesn't put you in a box. It shows you where you are. And it shows you why you are where you are. And then really the Enneagram isn't just like all the other typologies, which we've already talked about, but because it's also a development tool, like, oh, here's how we grow and change. And the Enneagram has all kinds of spaces that are dynamic for movement and change and growth. And so the next question, you know, why don't you want to be put in a box? But also, do you want to stay where you are? Or do, you, or do you want to grow? Like, what are you using for growth? And usually mm-hmm. they end up kind of saying all the things that they want. And I'm like, yeah, the Enneagram really helps me with all of those things. And um, <laughs> so that's how I often help people see that you are in a box. You're in a box of your own making. And if you can't see it, then you can't get out. And mm. there's all kinds yeah. of growth and change options for the Enneagram. It's not... Here's who you are. And if anybody uses the Enneagram like that, they're not using it well. But you can do that with any um, personality sure. assessment and just surface level work with that. Yeah. But the Enneagram has those options that are dynamic and development oriented and growth and change and all those things. So can you explain in as you can, I mean, it's so the Enneagram is so lengthy, but can you explain how you use it to help people grow and develop into a better version of themselves? Yeah. So when we look at the Enneagram, and so if you've, if you're still like, Ennea, what? What is this? <laughs> so yeah, you, yeah. You've been listening to us and like, they keep using this word. I don't, I don't know what that means. Uh, the Enneagram is a personality framework. So it shows us this frame that we all have and our personality develops develops as child as children to make sense of the world it's just part of our character that develops and so we develop this and since you know we're here on youtube i'll be able to do this it's like glasses yes like this (laughs) and now my glasses are yellow and everybody looks a little bit different because they're yellow and if i were unaware that my glasses were yellow i'd be like why does my deck look green because we have a blue stuff on our deck why does it look green there must be something wrong there must be a ton of pollen out there i mean there is but um you know so like the glasses analogy helps us see that we see differently than other people. And Mm -hmm. so as we start to become aware of our glasses and the color and the shade and the lens through which we see the world, then we start to make sense of, is this helpful? Is this not helpful? Am I, do other people see this differently? So it helps with communication skills, how I make decisions. It helps. One of the things I work with a lot is conflict resolution. Like how do we solve conflict around this area? I, think the Enneagram helps us develop the deep skills of interpersonal growth because that type of self-leadership requires ruthless self-honesty, but generous Mm -hmm. self-compassion. And Mm. those two things have to go together. And the Enneagram shows us those things and it acts like this non-judgmental observer that's like, hey, Jen, you know what you tend to do? You get super freaked out when you're limited. So how does that show up for you? <laughs> and then it like, and then we can do something with it. So rather than judging because I get freaked out when I'm limited, it, it helps me see that. And I start to recognize, I call it the Ferris wheel. Like it just keeps coming back around again. Oh, right. That's where I am. So now what do I do to get out of this hole? 
what do I do to prevent the implications of that are negative from when I get in this way? How do I develop through that? How do I manage this fear? How do I get what I'm needing in a way that's healthy and not a way that is harmful to me and others? So what number are you? No, oh, I am an Enneagram 7. <laughs> so also, Yes, I knew it! <laughs> I forgot to say, I forgot to say there are nine types and they're all labeled by numbers. So if you're new, uh, from one to nine, and I'm an Enneagram 7. <laughs> I am also a 7, so I, I was like, you you are speaking my language. Yeah, so if I you're talking about like... being limited, you're like, oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh yeah, girl. <laughs> I am here for the lack of limitation. That's right. That's right. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Oh, that's awesome. So how we were kind of interested in talking with an Enneagram coach or expert to kind of figure out how we and we can help our listeners use it to understand and accept ourselves. Like, how can we actually take that? Because I'm an Enneagram, too. And anytime that I go to, like, whenever I'm not feeling good about something or I feel like like I'm exploring, okay, what's going on here, I always, like, go and Google how to work through this problem as an Enneagram 2. <laughs> so, like, how can people <laughs> use it to kind of do that work and, and what does that look like? Yeah. I mean, so it's an ongoing process. And that's why when I'm coaching people, you know, or I'm working with teams, we mm-hmm. are, it's a process that we're working through. And um, there are w- so many different paths we could go down with that question. But I think the one that gets at the root of all those paths that takes mm-hmm. you down really healthy ones is the idea that we are motivated and driven to avoid certain fears. Like I don't want to experience this fear and I don't want to. And so it's not always feel pain, but it's always, I don't want to be, I don't want this thing that I am afraid of. So we always want to avoid these fears. We're always running away from them. And Mm. so for each type, we've got these fears. And so as an Enneagram two, this fear of being rejected or feel feeling of being not needed or fear of, being needy and Mm -hmm. then we start to do all these behaviors so like (laughs) I don't want that thing you know like I'm avoiding that at all costs so because of that we start developing these actions that aren't super healthy and so when we look at the fear and how we grow is to say okay this is what I'm afraid of now is that true (laughs) So in my, in my Mm -hmm. Facebook group, um, I work every week, we do a live about what are the stories that we're telling ourselves and how do we identify them? And then how do we pivot and change? And so I didn't come up with this model. It's from a lot of different people, but it's snap. So first of all, you just stop like, Oh, I I'm doing, I'm I'm on this like, you know, hamster wheel. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. I have to stop and go, okay, stopping. And then the next thing is I have to notice what's happening. How am I responding? What am I thinking? Just like noticing those things. Again, that non-judgmental, really, really honest, ruthless self-honesty, generous self-compassion in the noticing. And then the ask is, is this true? Is this story true? If I do this thing, is that actually what's true? 
90% mm. of the time it's not. We're making up a yeah. story or, mm-hmm. ooh, you know what? I felt super limited when I was 10 years old and this thing happened. I'm going back to that. That's not the situation mm. right now. Here's what's true. And then we can pivot and we can change our behavior and make a different choice. We have, we have control of our thought life. We absolutely do. And so rather than letting things just like fly on by and land in the truth bucket, we can like, wait, are you true? You're not true. I'm just, you get to go back over here, you know, and like we have control over that. And we don't think that we do. Like we're Uh like, it must be true. (laughs) And tons of things fly through this ticker tape of our mind until we stop and stop the ticker tape and go, wait a second, and actually ask the question. That's the power of the Enneagram and each type, we get there faster by using the Enneagram because it shows us already, oh, here's what I'm thinking. I tend to think that way. Is this what's happening? Most of the time. Yeah, that's, that's what's happening. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So for the Enneagram five, who's feeling, oh my gosh, I don't know enough. I don't know enough. I don't know enough. I don't know enough to make this choice. Then they can go, wait a second. I will always feel like I don't know enough. So how do, how do I be brave and make this choice anyway? Or, mm. you know, just every, every number has their own stuff. And so they think that's the biggest thing. And then the other thing that I think the Enneagram does that's so helpful in helping people grow is giving us the language. Because half the mm-hmm. time we're like, I don't really know what this inner world is telling me. Like, I don't have hours to meditate every day on a mountain and be like, what is my inner world saying? (laughs) You know, like, how do I figure this out? I don't, we don't live like that. Um, And even people who do meditate a lot, don't all day long do that. I mean, who many, many people don't have that lifestyle because my kids would be like, Hey, we food. What are you doing? Mom? You know, like that, that's not how that goes. Uh, And my clients would be like, why are you 10 minutes late? You know, like, (laughs) we we don't have that. I was on a mountain finding, I was on a mountain, you know? (laughs) So the, as much as I do love meditation, I probably shouldn't say that too funny, but uh, I do do love that. Um, The Enneagram helps us give language to our inner worlds. And so when we have language to our inner world, not only for ourselves, but then our relationships, I can express to my friends, my coworkers, my boss, my husband, my kids, here's what I'm thinking, here's what I'm feeling. And the Enneagram helps give us that vocabulary. And then it becomes a shared vocabulary that communicates that shared language of understanding to help us grow and move forward. Mm. Mm, I love that. I love all of that. (laughs) (laughs) I love the way you explain things, too, because it's with so much excitement and energy and analogies, which is my favorite way of Mm -hmm. communicating. (laughs) It's a storyteller. Um, (laughs) Can you explain how to use the Enneagram in relationships, whether like, so Jessica and I try to use it a lot to understand each other in business, Mm -hmm. um, and then we also use it with our spouses, but can you like... Give insight on how to use that to get along with somebody who drives you crazy or somebody you share a house with or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Well, a lot of it goes back to that shared language that I just was talking about. So understanding your own inner world first, because Mm -hmm. oftentimes you're annoyed because the toaster's on the counter. Well, why am I annoyed? I mean, you know, like it's a toaster. You know, what's that about? And why is somebody defensive? Because of the toaster, it's fine that the toaster's on the counter. You know, what does, what happens there? So conflict in any relationship 
is inevitable. Like we try to pretend mm-hmm. that a a deep, real, loving, kind relationship is conflict free, and that's just a lie, and it mm-hmm. sets us up for failure. So to understand our inner world about why this conflict is happening or why this confusion, let alone conflict, but just confusion, I don't understand why this is happening. So um, my husband, <laughs> my husband is an enneagram too, and he <laughs> was at a in another city on a a soccer tournament for my, for my son. And one of my friends who lived in that city, I was supposed to go and see her, but she got COVID during that time. So nobody could go see her. And so I was like, Hey, will you drop off just some flowers and something fun, you know, just as a sussy to say, Hey, we're thinking about you. Sorry, we can't see you drop it at the front porch, you know, and get back to the soccer. And he (laughs) described this whole thing when he got home because he was like, I went to six different stores because I wanted to get the exact right thing because this is what I knew they needed. And then they didn't have that thing. And it just went on and on and on. And I was like, I would never have done that. I would have been like, this is it. (laughs) This is great. Here's some flowers. Here's a roast chicken. Enjoy. You know, like I would. And, and, but he was like, I wanted to find the right truck for the little one and wanted to find like just over, over because he wanted them to, he wanted to be liked in what he was doing Mm -hmm. deeply, you know, on the surface was, I wanted to find the right thing for the other person. But he was like, if I don't find this thing, you know, the lie was if I don't find the right thing, they might reject me, even though that's not how we consciously think. And so Mm -hmm. things like that happen all the time because I would have been without the Enneagram, I would have been like, why did you waste all that time? What? (laughs) Enneagram seven limited, Uh you know, like, what are you, what are you doing? You know, but then because there was this understanding, I was like, oh man, I'm so sorry. Like I had compassion (laughs) for him that he felt. Because you knew where he was coming from. He was coming from and felt a little bit trapped into this like compulsion to make that happen and uh, to make the right thing happen and the, the best thing for these other people. And, and so that's just one little funny story, but that comes over and over and over again in our lives. Why is this person always mean on Slack? You know, that's our business thing. You know, why is this person always so short on Slack? Well, you know, once you start to understand, well, they're motivated by efficiency. They're motivated by getting things done. They want to get to the goal. Oh, Mm-hmm. You know, when I know that they're an Enneagram three, I'm not going to take that as um, they don't like me because they're short on Slack. It's because they're just efficient. They're like, here's the mm-hmm. deal. Mm-hmm. Here's the here's what it is. Got to get done. I got to get it done. We're <laughs> yeah. moving on to the next thing. You know, and and the Enneagram three can start to say, see that other people don't see it that way, and they can start to add that. You know, like we can grow and change. You don't have please. to please <laughs> be stuck in that. Yeah, please. Could you possibly? I mean, and I'm guilty of that too. Yeah. Uh, but um, sure. You know, uh, my husband, again, as an Enneagram 2, would never start an email with just, here's the thing. It would always be, hi, how was your morning? (laughs) That's who he is. Um, And so our, and, you know, the four has a story to go with it. And I don't know. It's just like all kinds of, of differences. And that starts to give reality and fleshing out of other people's inner worlds that we only see this little tiny bit of of the of that iceberg mm-hmm. we're only seeing that small part mm-hmm. and we jump to assumptions all the time i mean a suicide is a real thing and we start to spiral down and make all of these assumptions about other people's motives when most of the time they're not the same as ours so we're assuming mm-hmm. the absolute worst 
and because it's so different than what we understand rather mm-hmm. than, oh, well, why might they be doing that? And is that actually a problem? If it is a problem, how do we talk about the impact of that behavior and without attacking someone's character and protecting their own fears and still allowing them space to grow in kindness? Like that's how I mm-hmm. tend to use the Enneagram when we're working over time. Mm. I really appreciate that insight because my husband is an Enneagram six, which I believe is the opposite of a seven. I don't know how we're next to each other. And I think that Enneagram saved our marriage at one point because I was like, you are a stick in the mud. Like, why are we married? If he's listening, he's like, thanks, hon. But I realize now that he's a provider and he um, he craves security and stability, and that is so challenging for me to understand because I crave adventure and spontaneity. And so I try really hard to like, okay, he's providing or he's acting from a place of security, and yes. it is work every single time. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. But because you have that language, you now have so much – you immediately have compassion, and you immediately yes. have more mm-hmm. understanding. Yes. And so it's yeah. so good. Yeah. Yeah, my um, boyfriend, who I live with, is an eight. So, and he he's taken the test, and he's he hears me talk about it all the time. But he hasn't he doesn't fully buy into it all. But it <laughs> totally helps me understand him and kind of know the language to use or what might be going on in his head. So I can say, oh, like if we were in conflict, I would not want them to come straight in my face and say this, this, and this. He is totally fine with that. His feelings like, are not it. going to get hurt. <laughs> he respects me more for it. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's helped huge. But I, I did, the question came up in my head while you were talking of, so in a case like that where, especially if it's a, a close relationship, if one person is totally on board and learning and the other person is like, mm, that's really not for me, like how can you still use it best and the language mm-hmm. best when the other person's just super not interested in hearing the ins and outs of it. Yeah. So there's there's kind of two parts to that. There is the here's the tool and I'm enamored with the tool and obsessed mm-hmm. with the Enneagram itself. And then there's the here's what I'm learning about myself. Here's mm-hmm. what I'm seeing and growing. Mm-hmm. And that's the area of focus when your partner or friend is like, can we please stop talking about any of whatever that thing is? <laughs> you know, like, uh-huh. here's what I'm learning about myself or in this moment. I am noticing that you want me to just stand up and give you the bullet points and and kind of be in your face about it. And that terrifies me because I think you're going to reject me. That's what I'm learning about myself. Mm -hmm. Now, I just said all the things about Enneagram 8s and 2s in conflict. Mm -hmm. But I didn't use any of that, like... Well, yeah. because you're an eight, you do blah, 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 blah. And that's fine when everybody's on the shared – on a page, you, on the same page. That's how that, you know, yeah. cliche goes. Like uh, <laughs> but when there's not the bigger focus of your, you know, your pie there um, should be on here's what I'm – and it really should always be. But here's what I'm learning about myself. Here's what I'm noticing about myself. Here's what I'm seeing in you, and I don't know if that's accurate or not. Or here's mm. – Brene Brown calls it a crappy first draft, like – What's the Mm -hmm. crappy first draft I'm saying in my head about what you're doing? And the other person is like, that's not at all what I'm doing. I'm like, that's why I called it a crappy first draft. So help me understand what's (laughs) going on 
and help me edit. You know, like having that kind of language, Mm -hmm. even outside the Enneagram is really helpful. But what I keep discovering is when people are growing and learning and they're like, gosh, you're so different now in a good way. Um, Mm -hmm. How did you get there? Well, I've really been studying the Enneagram and and seeing how it's showing up for me and, and that people start to get on board a little bit more because they see the impact. They, a lot of Mm. people who initially shun the Enneagram one, because it's cool and trendy and like, Oh, it's going to go away or two, because what is this mumbo jumbo you're talking about will be intrigued and then drawn in by effects kind of Mm -hmm. like, "Mm, I want to see that proof in that pudding. And they're, they Uh they get drawn in a little bit. Does that answer your question, Jessica? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love that. We've been discussing it at least three or four years now, like delving into it. And I've read several books recently and listened to podcasts and all of that. And it really has, I mean, it's changed my life forever. And I'm Mm -hmm. ever grateful for it because it gives me language like you were just saying. And it even just gives me the language to talk to myself and realize, oh, this is what's going on. And maybe this is what's going on. So it's, it's helped me to be more open and vulnerable in anybody that I talk to so that I, so that we can like get through it. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. It's helped us too. Cause I'll be like, just, just tell mm-hmm. me, like, I love you no matter what, just give it to me so we can work through it. And it's like, we're able to do more things with our business because mm-hmm. of that. And then she accepts how sporadic I am and says, Sierra, maybe that's not the thing we explore right now. <laughs> and we finish the thing we started. What are you talking about? I have a whole new idea. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> it's amazing. Which is we hard because I do all of it. I get all switch. of the ideas too and I want to do it. But I'm like, okay, I need to be the one honing in right now. Yep. <laughs> We're good yin and yang we for are. each other. Oh, so how – if someone is just getting started on learning about the Enneagram and they want to learn more about themselves, what um, – like do you have books that you would recommend or podcasts or anything um, – to dive in that exploration. Yeah. So a couple things. Um, I always love to talk to people. So DM me on Instagram just and ask me your questions. I love that. What is your Instagram handle? It is at Jen underscore Whitmer. So 2N Jen, J-E-N-N underscore Whitmer. W-H-I-T-M-E-R. There you go. Um, so I always love DMs. Shoot me a DM and ask and I can like give you all these resources as well. And I write about understanding yourself and using the Enneagram. So discovering people writing about it is always really helpful. Um, And then I have the best way to dig into the Enneagram is really looking at the core motivations. I don't like Enneagram assessments. (laughs) This is my big controversial statement. Don't go take a test. If you're just starting, don't Uh go take a test. That's my controversial statement. Mm. Um, And so I have on my website, if you go to jenwhitmer.com slash freebies, I have a download that is the core motivations of all nine types. Mm. So the plant, the strategy of each type, the core fear, the core desire, the core longing and the core message. And so those Mm. are the five motivators that we all have. And so, and you can download and start to look and see which one of these sounds the most like me and which one is like, oh my gosh, I'm offended that I would think that about myself. You know, like you can cross <laughs> this out and, and that kind of thing. So 
those are good ways to start. I also really love The Road Back to You by Suzanne Stabile and Ian Morgan Cron, mm-hmm. because I think it gives great descriptions of types. It's a great primer. Like, I'm just yes. getting started. It's a short book. It's not long. Uh, it, and you can really see clearly to get started. Another one that I think is a really great initial book to get started is... The Honest Enneagram by Sarah Jane Case. Mm-hmm. Those two books mm-hmm. are really good at just introducing the types and, and some different ways to think about them. And um, and they're just great introductions. And that's for people who like to read. And both of those are really good on um, audio as well. They're both good mm-hmm. audio books if you want to listen to them. Um, the other way that I think is really helpful are podcasts that are specifically people talking about their Enneagram type. So when Kira and I were talking about, Mm. oh, I totally get what you're saying. Like, oh my gosh, you're inside my mind. And that's how I really, it took me about eight months, seven months to really land on my number. And by listening Mm -hmm. to other people talk about themselves was the way I landed on that. It was so helpful because when I was first introduced to it, I had a couple of friends that were like, you're an eight, you're an Enneagram eight. This is who you are. And I'm like, I don't see myself as an eight. I don't understand. And Uh I would read the motivations and I'm like, I mean, none of this feels like me. The way people <laughs> respond to me feels like an eight, but I'm not, oh, I'm not motivated like this. And then I was like, gosh, that three sounds really familiar too. And is that it? And the seven, you know, so I was just in, and then I listened to so the road back to you has an accompanying podcast that's five or six years old. I love it. That's how old the book is. Um, but it goes by type and people are really discussing their type. And it's a great introduction again. Mm-hmm. And that was super helpful to me. Um, there are a few other podcasts. Ian Morgan Cron has a podcast called Typology and he interviews people by type. Suzanne Stabile still has a podcast called The Enneagram Journey. She's interviewing people about their type. And then another one is called Enneagram Panels. And it's a podcast that has like three twos are all on there and they're all talking about their type and how it shows up. So you get to hear it from lots of perspectives and those types of experiences, because you start, you start to go, Oh my gosh, that is exactly how I think. How are you inside my mind? Um, Mm -hmm. or you're like, I, that is foreign to me. I don't, I don't understand that at all. Or, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I see how you think that, but that's not how I think about it. And you start to narrow down what it's like to identify your type. And then as you start developing, find good people to get content from and uh, who talk about the Enneagram and, and who um, use it in their practice. So I have one-on-one clients and group clients, and I have a Facebook group where we talk about how do you use the Enneagram in your life and business. And so find places like that to start exploring what does it mean for me and how does this show up in my life, in my experience, in my specific situation? What do I do with it? And that's how the progression tends to, tends to go. Mm-hmm. What is your um, Facebook group? Oh, it's called the Women oh. Leaders Circle. So for all of the women, mm-hmm. sorry, the guys, um, the mm-hmm. Women Leaders Circle. We're the same way. <laughs> I know, as, as you said at the beginning, um, the Women Leaders Circle using the Enneagram for success in life and business. And, awesome. Um, so it's got lots of fun people in there and we, it's really fun community. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to join based on the things you say you talk about. 
And we'll put a link in the show notes too so people can find it. Yeah. And of course, because it's me, we're taught, I was saying a couple weeks ago, like, if you're not into funny with depth, I'm really not your girl. So if you can't handle, (laughs) we're going to do a gift thing one day and the next day is like, what's really hard for you right now? We're not your Yes. (laughs) And that's That's us. Exactly. Hundred percent. We do dance parties on Wednesday, and then we'll like talk about really, really deep stuff on Thursday. Like you just, yeah. you never know what you're gonna get. Yeah, and that's okay. <laughs> and I don't mind not being your people. I hope you find your people. But mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> if that exactly. feels like you, come be my people. <laughs> so okay. Speaking of the really hard stuff, we ask every guest what their rawest moment is that they're willing to share. And the reason we do this is because. Exactly that. Like, we have a lot of fun, and, you know, on Instagram, we can post all these pretty pictures and look like we have everything together. Sure. But that's not real life. Um, so we love to, our guests to share the rawest moment that they're willing to show that, like, yeah, life is hard sometimes, and you aren't always perfect, but you've overcome that. So mm-hmm. do you have something in your life that happened that you could share with our audience? Oh, there are so many. Um, I think the one that is so hard for me, like I've moved past it, why it's easy to share, but the one that I keep coming back to that shapes me so much is what I call my gray couch moment. I, Mm -hmm. in this experience where we had this change of leadership and it turned into a toxic work environment, uh, and it was so shocking because it, we just assumed the best about our leader and Mm. thought his words were matching what was inside and they weren't. (laughs) Uh, Mm. And and it came out in all kinds of ways. The biggest symptom of it was conflict. And so his lack of skill and insecurity turned a beautiful culture into um, it just devastated it. And we tried to protect the leadership team just kept trying to protect the rest of the staff and faculty and we took the brunt of it. And after years, literal years of trying to figure this out, like putting it in reviews and putting it in, like going to him and trying to figure out how to communicate this and finally confronting him as a team, like we are struggling. This is a problem. And cause the impact's just getting greater and greater. And, um, he decided that we couldn't have a second follow-up conversation. We had to have a, um, a mediator come in with, with us. And so it was a team of five people, six, including him. And we're like, so we can't have a grown up conversation. We have to have a mediator. Okay. We didn't understand why. Well, and it turns out because of his own insecurity and other things. And, and that, that particular mediator in this conciliation didn't really follow the the rules that were established for the mediation. Oh, no. So on top of these years of manipulation and passive aggressive and all kinds of damaging behaviors that started to make me really question my own sanity. There was a lot of gaslighting and mm. like, am I crazy? Is this, I really thought this is, I mean, it was so, my therapist called it crazy making. And cause it was, it was crazy making. Um, he lost his temper a few times on me, but this particular situation in this conciliation, he 
lost it. And I can remember seeing the kids outside playing on this playground and I am getting yelled at as if I, I was in a military school of some sort. Like it was the, the surreal experience of, I thought we were all professionals around the room. I'm 40 some odd years old and I, I'm, I, am I in boot camp? What? Is, like mm-hmm. I couldn't even process what was happening, but it was also, I, I must be a terrible person. Like I completely internalized it and was like, he, I mean, this is my worst fear come to life. Like I'm a horrible person who doesn't think about other people and I'm mean and I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have my, like, it was awful. And I came home that day and I sat on our gray couch and I just, I mean, like the tears were gone. Like I didn't even have any tears left to cry, but just sitting there going, I am, why could I even possibly parent my four kids? If all of this is true, I shouldn't be allowed, like DFS needs to come and take my kids. And I cannot be a parent. I, I, it was so devastating, this situation. And I mean, I was like, I'm going to get fired like that. There is no way you can go through this and not be fired. Why would someone, if this is all true, all of these things you Mm -hmm. have spewed in hate and anger are true. Why would you keep me around? And Mm -hmm. so it was just terrible and I kind of spent the next few days not knowing what to do we went to our kids were gone at camp at that time well three of them were and so we had gone up to about nine hours away gone to get them come back and came back into this meeting where I did I got fired and he was Hmm. so nice to me y'all I'm gonna be really nice to you (gasps) and um, I'm gonna let you have this job so I mean, his wife had been involved. I mean, like the red flags were insane. And Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. there was some, I could have retained counsel kind of actionable stuff, not looking back. Mm -hmm. And I just remember, and he was like, so um, you're going to work from home. You're going to do this job that has nothing to do with what you're trained for. And I'm the only person you're going to talk to. And uh, so I just felt like I was a pariah and needed to be contained. I'm like, I started calling my house Elba. I'm like, I must, (laughs) here I am exiled to Elba and it was awful. And it took a couple of years to recover and really see, it took a couple months for me to go, oh wait, this isn't me. This is really, really Mm -hmm. him. And in my own Enneagram self, I was, that's when I was really discovering the Enneagram of like, oh, here are the ways that I contributed to this. And those are not actionable, damaging, and harmful. They're Mm -hmm. irritating (laughs) and they are contributors (laughs) and I absolutely had a role, but they are not what this is about. And this is Mm -hmm. toxic. This is abusive. This is harmful. Um, and then lacking in integrity as well, because there was some money things that got involved. And once the, once this grant money thing got involved, which is not surprising, there's always that I was like, I'm out. I can't, stay here. Um, mm-hmm. long story short, after lots of therapy <laughs> and working through the Enneagram, I can say those things now like, oh, here are the mm-hmm. things that I contributed. Cause as a conflict specialist, mm-hmm. I'm always like, it is never 50, 50. The conflict is never 50, mm-hmm. 50, 
usually there's some imbalance of power. There is some imbalance of influence or some imbalance in the situation, but in, rarely is there no, um, no contribution by the other mm-hmm. party. Like it, it, in mm-hmm. that concept is it takes two to tango. That is true. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I am not a hundred percent responsible for everything, which is how I felt after this tirade. I'm a hundred percent responsible for all of this. When in actuality, I was probably 5% responsible, but I was a hundred percent responsible for my 5%. And that mm-hmm. helped yeah. me work through, okay, here's what I contributed and here's what I need to do differently. And here's what I can and should apologize for and which was so minor that it didn't even really matter. I mean, it mattered mm-hmm. for my own integrity, yeah. but it didn't. Sure. It, it would have all happened anyway because the lack of skill and insecurity wasn't actually what I was experiencing, but it yeah. sent me into the space of Enneagram oneness that I didn't even recognize. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and so that was really helpful when I felt like, who am I? So mm-hmm. coming out of that gray couch moment of, I shouldn't even be allowed to parent my children into I can help other people solve conflict and use the Enneagram to grow and change has been, Mm. has been really powerful. Mm -hmm. And he also got fired later for these things. So that helped too. I'm glad that's good. (laughs) I'm human. Yeah. I mean, but so are the rest of everyone listening and we all wanted that (laughs) that Uh happily ever after. So yeah. 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 Um, oh man. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's yeah. Thank you for being so vulnerable. We really mm-hmm. appreciate that. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people can so, connect with that too and kind of understand, oh, I might be going through something like that or I've been through it and I can use it for good. Yeah. 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 I think the it's, hardest thing and the thing I always want to encourage people to do is internalizing harm causes you more harm. Like you have to work on yourself though, to figure out that that's what you've done. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can't just, what do you mean? Can you explain that? So all of the, all of the things that he said about me, I just believed them. I was like, Oh, this must Mm. be true. And, and because I'm a person that's like, I don't want to just think that I'm all that in a bucket of chicken. Like I need to figure out what's really true about me, but that, this internalization of you, this is what you've done wrong and you don't understand and all of that. I was just like, well, that must be true. I just took mm-hmm. it in like hook, line and sinker rather than saying, mm-hmm. wait, is that true? Is there evidence of that? How do I get a different perspective and really consider, is this actually causing harm? Wait, I'm not the one that's actually doing these things. You know, I'm, I, mm-hmm. and, and that internalizing somebody else's, negativity about you is so, so damaging to our own souls rather than saying, Hey, I'm kind of struggling with this. I'm noticing this isn't working in my life. Can you give me some feedback? That's helpful. That's a different story. I had a leader beforehand Mm -hmm. that was like, I'm just noticing that you use humor in places that actually lowers your credibility. And I just want you to know that that's a totally (laughs) different piece of feedback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, Kira. I'm sure you are oh identifying with that. And, and 
I, I hate when I like listen to something and I'm laughing. That's so hard. I'm like, that's the only way I can get through. Like I have to laugh through it. Okay. I had to do. I completely get it. You know, but that piece of feedback was coming from a place of, Hey, I care about you. You're incredibly mm-hmm. smart and brilliant. And I want you to be credible. And people are ignoring this because they, because of this behavior. And so let's mm-hmm. work on that. That is feedback and growth and critical to development. Mm-hmm. You don't understand what you're talking about and people don't respect you and all like just these vague accusations, that's harmful. That's mm-hmm. not helpful feedback. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff yeah. that you can like pick through the manure and find the one little piece that, okay, I can work on that, <laughs> but don't spend your time swallowing the rest of the crap. Yeah. And and yeah. learning that is, oh my gosh, it's just vital to our development. It's vital. Oh, I love that description. It's so, I think that like is huge for confidence. Mm-hmm. I've learned like a lot lately about about confidence and like how it can totally shift who you, like who you are and what you can what you're capable of the in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what keeps people what like promotes a lack of confidence is believing lies that other people speak over you, which are lies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Such lies. Yeah. Well, should we switch it to something lighter? Jess, do you have a good I do. I have some lightning round questions. Okay. So so we always do a lightning so round. So good at lightning rounds. Sorry. Oh, no. yes. Oh, God. I won't be Monica. It's you would right. be. So, um, yeah, we do a lightning round at the end of every guest episode. So I have five questions for you. Wait, did you just quote Monica Geller? She did. I did. Is that what you just did? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I thought you were just saying it, and then I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> that was even nerdier than I thought. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I speak okay. fluent French. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> nice. Oh, we're huge on Good. Yeah. Um, actually, you know what? That just changed one of my questions. Okay. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> Best vacation you ever took. Oh my gosh. We went to um <laughs> Punta Cana for our 20th wedding anniversary when Hurricane Maria hit. And it was great. We went by ourselves. So we were in the Dominican Republic, not in Puerto Rico. But we did have a day where we were just stuck in our hotel room. And like we tried to go out because we're from the Midwest. When it rains, you go outside to look. And so we were like, go outside to the back. And we get whistled back into our room. We're like, oh, sorry. Um, But the rest of the time we were there for like 10 days. Um, We extended our stay. Um, Some people had our kids. And it was just... So much fun. So much fun. And then, oh man, all of my trips to like overseas, I studied in Oxford in college. And so during term breaks, we would go to Europe and so many, but that's probably the best one. Me and my husband celebrating our 20th anniversary a few years ago. So it was fun. I love that. I love it. Um, Okay. Favorite friends episode. Oh goodness. (laughs) I mean, the one where no one's ready is pretty good, but That's a really good one. But probably the one with the lightning round where they're betting on the apartments is pretty amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I always forget how good that one is until I watch it. And I'm like, ah. It's so good. So good. (laughs) That whole, just everything. (laughs) Like her no, you feel it at your core. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. When they lose. Anyway, keep going. Uh, Favorite song to dance to? Oh, goodness. Favorites are hard for Enneagram Sevens. Um, I know. <laughs> I know. I change my color, my favorite Terrible. color constantly. I don't like it. Uh, favorite song to dance to. Oh my At goodness! This moment. I am an old school celebration, cool in the gang, 
Love that song. Nice. So nice. fun. Uh, Funky back. Town. I think I go back to the 80s. Um, hey, Mickey, you're so fine. That's so fun. You know, like all those kind of oh, ones. I would say recent ones. Um, Shut Up and Dance With Me is super fun. I mean, I know that's like six years old, yes. but. Um, no, I know. I still do. I love it. Those are so fun. I really. Um, I mean, who doesn't love Bruno Mars? So, like, I love uh-huh. his stuff. And, yeah, anyway. So, but those nice. are my lists. Ooh, good. That's our, our hump day, bump day inspiration, Sierra. <laughs> you are validating my lack of ability to pick a favorite so much. Thank you. It's, it's limiting. What are you talking about? It is. Putting you in a box. Uh, okay. So, these last two questions we ask all of our guests. First one is because we love supporting small businesses. So can you give us, sorry, it's another favorite. Can you give us one of your top small businesses that you love to support? Oh, my top small business that I love to support. That's so hard. I have tons of friends, you know, with online, when you're an online (laughs) Uh business person, you have lots of friends with online mm-hmm. businesses. So I think I'm just going to go local. And here in my hometown, we have this Mexican restaurant that I adore mm. called Mi Ranchito. And we – I just love Mi Ranchito. So that's my favorite local business to support. Yum. I mean, online, now that would Mexican. be super hard. I don't know. Um, What's your last oh small business purchase online? My last oh, small go. business that purchase. Oh, <laughs> Um, a f- actually a friend of mine who runs a, a online like gift and jewelry business called Catalpatry Designs and she makes, go- I'm not actually, no, I'm not wearing her stuff. I was like, am I wearing one of hers? Oh, but I do have one right here. Um, she makes just really unique, cool, um, Ooh. jewelry and like, this is super light. Um, I love big earrings and, but she makes gifts for men and women and um we got this really cool box for our daughter our 11 year old really loves collecting things and so this box that's lined and monogrammed with her name and it's all personalized stuff and oh, what um, a great yeah. idea. so catalpatry designs can you spell that oh maybe c-a-t cut a cut l p a yeah catalpa and then okay. tree designs okay cool because we will totally promote that Mm-hmm. And then the last one is, what is your favorite thing about you? My favorite thing about me? <laughs> oh, this is fun to watch. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I think my favorite thing about me is that I – I don't realize that I effortlessly bring joy to situations. Like I just find it and it's there um, in unexpected places. Mm-hmm. And also the, the eclectic interests that I have that really, really surprises people. Um, mm-hmm. So like, like what? Oh, I could dig way into uh, uh, like friends, but then also really talk about an art film and like the symbolism behind mm-hmm. that and the depth and how much I adore, you know, cooking and all of that kind of stuff. And then really love gospel music. And I just have a- eclectic yes. things oh my gosh. in ways. Jen, you are so. my spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> and that really shocks people. They're like, how did, and I love politics and like, mm-hmm. all, mm-hmm. it's, it's all over the place, but. I know. I feel, I know. I feel like sometimes when. 
sevens talk or Sierra talks with another seven. I'm like, but I feel a lot of those things too, but I am so a two. (laughs) It's just funny how that works. Yeah. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for yeah. joining us and carving time out of your day to to be with us. We really appreciate you. So are a joy. It was so fun having you. Well, thanks for having me. It was great to talk with you. Would you like to send listeners to your website or your Instagram or what's the best way for yeah. them to connect with you? The best way to find me. So I play the most on Instagram and LinkedIn and then I have a Facebook group. So that's the social places. But the best okay. way to find all the things that I do is jenwhitmer.com slash freebies. So there is, I do workshops once or twice a month that are free. You can find the Facebook group there. If you're like, hey, I kind of want to explore the Enneagram more. Do you talk to people? I do. And you can set an appointment there. All my socials are there. The downloads, like I've got how to give an apology download and the Enneagram download and all just kinds of things. All of it's there. All the good stuff is there. Awesome. JenWhitmer.com slash freebies. Yeah, and that'll be in the show notes too. So everybody can copy and paste. (laughs) Well, Jen, you can expect two new members to your uh-huh. Facebook group. Yay! <laughs> we love fun. Really people. looking forward to it. <laughs> and maybe we'll have you come and like do a live on our Facebook group sometime if you're willing. Oh, that'd be so oh, fun. So I would cool. love it. Yeah. 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 All right. Oh my gosh. Well, thanks. Um, yeah, thanks for everything. We'll put your links in the show notes. And, um, yeah, why don't, you know, I've never done this before, but I feel like it would be so perfect for you. Why don't you sign us off for say goodbye in whatever fun and Jen Whitmer way you want to. Oh my gosh. I don't even know. There's so many options. Everybody go find something that you enjoy doing and come tell me about it. Go find something you enjoy doing and come tell me about it. There we go. That's what I think. (laughs) Well, thanks for joining us on such a fun episode. And Jen, thanks again for giving us your time to be with us today. If you want to also be part of our show, you can send us an audio message of what strength means to you to podcast at inrawlife.com and we might feature you at the beginning of the show. Until next week. We hope that you either pick up a book or listen to one of the podcasts that Jen recommended. I can say I've listened to a few of those and I absolutely love them. We also hope that you go over to Jen's website and download the different motivations of each type so that you can figure out which one you really are. And if you are hearing something that you are taking in and believing as true for yourself, remember... Just wade through the crap to find out what's actually true and everything else can go down the toilet. Bye. Sorry, I had a kid come home. Jess, you ask questions because the dog is barking and so we should mute me for the next. What's going on?